Hello and welcome to Five Points of Contact. This is our ad hoc kind of like spur of the moment show that we do for Corn Nation Live. And today, Brian Johannes is with us to talk about portal quarterbacks that Nebraska is seeking because we need quarterbacks, maybe one or two or five or maybe not more than five, maybe three. What do you think, Brian? How many quarterbacks do we need to get out of the portal? I mean, you only just need one good one to, to get you where you need to be. Um, I, I think it'd be great to get two. I mean, we saw that with, uh, what was it, Casey Thompson and Chubba Purdy um, or or uh, whatever. But uh, I, th- I think getting two is hard because guys want to transfer to a place that they can play. So um, I think if you get that one good one, that's all it needs. So should we start with quarterbacks? Yeah. Let's do it. Okay. You you did an article a couple of days ago, uh, and you list Cam Ward as your number one guy. And I have why, – why? The guy fumbled like 15 times last year. He fits I, he? perfectly then. Yeah, right? well, God. What, I mean, what, what, what do you see in Cam Ward that he would be the guy? I mean, to me, Cam Ward is the, the top quarterback in the portal. Um the Athletic did an article where they they cited industry uh, experts. That's that's the term I'm seeing from multiple places. So there must be portal industry experts out there. Um, but they said uh, I think Feldman uh, talked to a couple coaches too, and and they said that Cam Ward was the top, um, clearly the top quarterback out there, the only true difference maker. Um, I, I think he's one of three guys that I think are slam dunks for Nebraska. And when I watched the tape. He's the guy that just stands out the most to me. He he's a true playmaker. Um, to, to be honest, when I watched him, he reminded me a lot of Tommy Armstrong in his in his his stature, his, his playing style. I do think he's a better better quarterback uh, than what Tommy Armstrong was at Nebraska. Um, but a guy that can kind of it's got the athleticism to move around. He's got a live arm, um, and he's just a playmaker. I mean, that's the thing that stood out compared to the other you know, four guys that, that Nebraska has been uh, linked to. He's the guy that just made plays and, and an offense that is lacking other playmakers. Um, I think he'd be the best fit. Despite the fumbling. Yeah. I mean, the, the couple <laughs> tapes that I did, I watched, I didn't see any fumbles, so I can't, I, I didn't go back and, you know, full transparency. I didn't go back and watch every single game. Um, but the, the couple that I did, I didn't see any, so I can't really speak to that too much. Okay. Who's, who's your, you mentioned three cam Ward is one of them. Let's who's next. Um, I, I think the three, um, the three are cam Ward, will Howard of Kansas state and, uh, Kyle McCord from Ohio state. I think if Nebraska gets one of those three, you have to be ecstatic. I mean, I, 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 I rank them. I, the second guy is Will Howard. He's the guy that I'd like Nebraska to get second. Um, the Kansas State guy. I think he's he's big, six foot five. Um, he's a good athlete. Uh, he's got a strong arm, and so I, I think he's probably the the second best guy that I think they could kind of go out and get. And then Kyle McCord and. And I think somebody, uh, Thomas Fedone, he 
Thomas Fedoni. I'm pretty sure that's probably not the real Thomas Fedoni, but you know, never know. Whatever. Uh, it's he says it's almost confirmed that we have Kyle McCord. What do you like about Kyle McCord? Because that's yeah, I, the focus now. Yeah, I agree. I think I think McCord's coming to Nebraska. That's just my like. I don't have in, an inside source on this, um, but all indications it looks like McCord is going to come to Nebraska, and I and I think that's I think that's awesome. Like I said, if Nebraska could get either of those three guys, I would I would be ecstatic. Uh, McCord to me, the reason I have him third is he's I don't think he's as much of a playmaker as the other two guys, and that's not a knock on him. It's just his playing style. He to me is a guy who is just going to get the job done. He's kind of like a the quote unquote game manager, the distributor. He's he's not going to go out there and, and carry you on your back and lead you to a victory, but he's going to be able to get the ball to his receivers. Um, Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks, um, two former NFL scouts that 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 cover the draft for the NFL Network, they use the term tractors and trailers. Um, tractors are the guys that kind of um, that that pull everybody along like a cam ward i think would be a, a tractor whereas a trailer is kind of need those guys to get you to go and it's not necessarily a bad thing but uh i, I think he's that guy that's going to distribute the ball sam levitt you don't mention sam levitt at all michigan state yeah, yeah he's he's that fourth guy i like him i i watched his tape um and came away impressed it's a limited sample size i think he threw the ball maybe 20 times all season kind of came right. in relief um he re- the funny thing is, is I, was, I was chatting with a uh um a high school coach that i know and i said watching him he reminds me of chubba purdy like a better version of chubba purdy and that he that just his his athleticism his quick you know quick release um his just mannerisms and that reminded me a lot of, of chubba purdy but a better version i think and I, I like him. I just, you know, you're getting an untested guy that was okay um, in his limited opportunities at Michigan State. I mean, he did throw a touchdown against Nebraska, but that should have not been a touchdown. But <laughs> he – Right. I just think those other guys are going to get us to where Nebraska needs to be more than what Sam Levitt would be. And I could be wrong. I mean, we see guys in the portal all the time transferred and never really played and then explode and become stars. So I just, those are the three guys that I think are a little bit more of a home run. I'd be fine if they, if they somehow struck out on those guys and they did get Sam Levitt, um, I'd be okay with it. I just, I think there's bigger fish out there. Okay. Let's go back to Kyle McCord. Does it not strike you? I mean, come on. The guy started most of the games for Ohio state this year. They were not very far from being in the college football playoff. They're literally one of the best teams in the nation. Why would he leave? I, doesn't it, that strike you as odd? And I, I'm going to make this statement, and I'm, I know people are probably going to go a little nuts about it, but he said specifically, I don't want to go to a lesser Big Ten team. <laughs> Didn't he? He said he made that statement, and I yeah. kind of look at it and go, Okay, why the hell would he come to Nebraska? Tell me the answer to these things because, you know, th- these are questions that I think a lot of people have. Maybe not. Maybe we're all, all wishful thinking and I'm a lunatic and there you go. Yeah, like you said, he he was 11-1 and as the starter. He started every game this year. 
Uh, their only loss was to Michigan, who's the number one seed in the college football playoff, and they lost by six. He did throw an interception late, two interceptions in that game. Um, yeah. I mean, but I wouldn't blame that loss on Kyle McCord. The thing no. is, is, is my gut, my, my analysis of the situation was Ohio State feels they have an upgrade over him. Um, I think as soon as he left the portal, uh, entered the portal, I, my initial thought was Cam uh, Cam Ward's going to, to Ohio State. That was my first kind of thought that popped in my head. I just, you know, they, they do have a quarter, a highly rated quarterback coming in, Aaron Nolan. Um, I don't know if they'll start a true freshman, but I, I could see a Will Howard potentially go in there. I could see Cam. I, I honestly, like I said, I still think, I mean, you really haven't heard Cam Ward tied to a place. You know, I, you've heard Nebraska um, went out and visited him, but uh, Oregon's probably going to get D- Dylan Gabriel. Ohio or USC, they've been on the Will Howard uh, talk. I think that, I think Cam Ward is going to probably end up in in Columbus, and I think they just felt they had a better upgrade over McCord, and so that's why he's probably in the portal because he wants to go start somewhere. So th- this is what it is right now. Quarterbacks are just going to – it's musical chairs. And, and the thing about it is, is I, I think it's telling that Matt Rule comes up at a, at a press conference and he says – It'll take $1.5 to $2 million to get a top-level quarterback. And obviously somebody out there said, well, well, what that, that's the cost. Here you go. And then they're start, now they're all over the place trying to find a good quarterback. Because let's be honest, that they can't do what we did the first season. You know, And that's my thing with Cam Ward is I kind of look at it and go, okay, the guy had a lot of turnovers. You can't bring a car. He might be a playmaker, but you cannot have – a team next year that's like look we have a lot of the pieces and oh my god all of a sudden we have a failure at quarterback again you do that two years in a row and it's you know people are gonna maybe not get out the pitchforks but they'll be looking at them in their closet with yeah. earnest <laughs> so I mean, you know go ahead i mean you, you just look at the situation and Nebraska went five and five and seven this year. We had how many games that you're like, you know what? If we didn't turn the ball over, we could have won that game. And you get you think of a guy like Kyle McCord. Kyle McCord had a four four to one touchdown to interception ratio, and yeah. maybe he's not this dynamic run around, throw the ball seventy yards down the field, but he just knows how to distribute that ball and. Yeah, he put he he forced you know he put the ball into some tight situations, but he never really put it into dangerous situations. And you've got a guy that could sit there and read the field, distribute the ball. If we had a guy like that on the roster, who knows? Maybe we're Nebraska's an eight win team this year. I mean, you look at the Minnesota game. We Nebraska lost that game because turnovers. You yeah. know the Maryland game. The uh, I mean, we could just rehash the whole season. So yeah, we could. <laughs> I mean, if they just have – if you have a quarterback that can just distribute the ball without turning it over, they're going to be fine. So there's been talk that uh, if McCord comes, he's bringing a receiver t- with him. Have you seen anything about that? Yeah, I've, I've kind of – I haven't, like, seen it, but a lot of people have told me 
uh, was it Julian Fleming? I know Fleming's the last name. Um, A bigger receiver for Ohio State. He's been there for a while. Um, He was always kind of that third fiddle. You had, you know, Chris Olave and Jackson Smith and Ajiba. Um, You had um, Marvin Harrison. Marvin Harrison. You had, um, there's even another guy too that I'm um, forgetting. Um, but they've always had all those other guys and Fleming was the other highly rated guy and he just never broke through. And, you know, it, it's, it's funny. I was talking to someone, I'm like, yeah, Fleming's never really impressed me. And they're like, well, that's because you're watching Chris Olave and Marvin Harrison jr. And comparing him right. right to that. And that's true. And I think getting a guy like him, a veteran receiver, a guy that's, that's produced at the, at the elite, like at the, the top of college football, um, you know, we just we're not we're not our wide receiver room's not just overflowing with talent. I mean, we got good guys. Don't get me wrong. I like a lot of our young receivers, but getting a veteran guy in there, um, a guy that's have a connection to my a Kyle McCord would definitely go a long ways. So the the knock that I've seen again for people against McCord is that he's not mobile, that he's more of a stand up. You know more of a, well, a drop back passer guy that's going to stay in the pocket and that's it. What do you think of that? I mean, that's, that's who he is. And that's another reason why I liked Will Howard and, and Cam Ward a little bit better just because they're a little bit more mobile, you know, Nebraska's offensive line. I thought really, I thought it improved this year, uh, but yeah. they still have their deficiencies and no one's offensive line is, is just rock solid hundred percent of the time. Uh, but he's able to, he's not going to, we're not going to be running triple option with him. They're not going to be running a lot of quarterback design runs, um, but he's got the ability. What I like is that he's able to move within the pocket. He's able to climb it when he's, when it's necessary. He's able to kind of move a little bit laterally to find his throwing lanes. Um, a couple of games I watched, I watched Notre Dame and uh, Penn state two really good defenses. And he was able to, you know, when he needed to scramble and pick up some extra yardage. So, yeah, he's not a mobile guy, but he's also not um, me back there, not being able to escape any pressure. And so, um, but we got to think about too, Marcus Satterfield, when he was at South Carolina, they didn't run court. They had Spencer Rattler and he wasn't running him and he wanted him to sit in the pocket. So I think eventually, I mean, even Danny Kaline from Bellevue West is not a overly, he's a pocket quarterback. And I think that's the direction that they want to go. They want to be Michigan, run the ball, throw from the pocket. And I think, uh, Kyle McCord will get, allow him to get there. You think that's it? Michigan, the yeah, offense rules, that we want to look like rules said that, um, like leading up to the Michigan game, he said that he, that's, that's kind of what he wants Nebraska to be under him is that power running a game with an end, like with a, with a, and not that they're going to just turn around and hand the ball off, but we, we kind of saw that you know, run heavy, stay in the pocket, play action throwing. Um, I think that's kind of what he hopes Nebraska can be that physical rushing attack, that physical team. So what do you, what do you, if let's say that we get Kyle McCord, right? So coming into next spring, uh, Jeff Sims is leaving. I think that's he's already in the portal. Yeah, I think right? so. Oh, I don't know if he's in it, but it's been reported that he's going into it. I haven't, I haven't okay, checked. So, so we're going to go into next season with, uh, you know, Kyle McCord, Chubba Purdy is a probably a backup. Honestly, let's mm-hmm. face it. 
you've got a more experienced quarterback coming in at that high level. And then we have Danny Kalen coming in. That's not enough quarterbacks to me. Well, you still got Harburg too. Well, <laughs> he's still there. Do it. Do it. I mean, do we, I mean, everybody, people are talking about him like switching to tight end and stuff. I, if you, if you move to Harburg, you're changing your whole offense. Yes. Yeah. So I, I guess I I don't mean to be mean to Heinrich Harburg. I think he's been an exceptional, you know, Nebraska guy, but he's not I don't think he fits in this puzzle. So I'm going to go back to three quarterbacks is not enough to me. Yeah, I mean it's not, but your I guess yeah. your also hope is most teams don't ever get to their third quarterback uh, in most situations. You know, we saw it with Nebraska having Sims struggle um, and then get hurt. Harburg have success, then struggle, and then get hurt. And then we went to Purdy. Uh, I, I think Purdy's a good backup. Like I, I yeah. liked what I saw out of him against uh, Wisconsin and Iowa. I mean, we didn't put up a ton of points. He was also playing injured. We had other deficiencies as well. But I mean, I watched him, and I'm like, you know, and there are some people out there that are saying, well, could, could Nebraska just roll with? with Purdy as their quarterback next year. And right. I, and my initial thought was, you know, he's got some talent. I think he'd be a good backup. And yeah. he, he's he got that ability that he could sit in the pocket. We saw it against Wisconsin and Iowa. We tended to throw the ball a little bit more than we did with Harburg and, um, and Sims at times. So um, I, I think if you had those two, I'd feel pretty comfortable. Um, anytime you – I mean, we could be – all reality – Anytime we get to a third quarterback, you're always in trouble. I mean, you look at it, a third quarterback cost Florida State a chance to go to the playoff. And so we could go down that road, but we're not going to right now. But I think if you had to, you know, Danny Kaline's there, is he going to be ready? I don't know. But maybe it's, you know, week six and he's had, you know, he's going to be in for the spring. He's going to have a fall camp. He's going to have time. Maybe he can come in and play a game if needed. And then you still get your four game. Um, window for those freshmen and maybe he can get us by for a game or two. I don't know. Um, but like I said, um, I think if you had, if you had Kyle McCord and Chubba Purdy as your two starter and backup, I would feel comfortable. I, I think this is just, I, you look out there and you kind of look at, except for maybe the top four teams in the nation, this kind of looks like what football look. I, maybe I should complete a sentence. Except for like the top four to maybe six teams in the nation, you're looking at teams all over the place that have one primary quarterback, and then the drop off is it's far to the backup. Is it's that's my observation? Can you concur with that, or you think I'm off? No, I don't think you're wrong. Um, it's hard to, I think it's also hard to tell because teams don't they leave their starters in a lot longer than they used to, and maybe it's just what we were used to with Nebraska in the 90s when they were just just boat racing teams and then you'd put in your backup and then they would continue the, the dominance. And then right. you put, I mean, a lot of teams, they just play their starters late. And it's like, I, I know watching film for the NFL draft in, in that it's like, this team's up like four touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Why is their starter still in the game? You know, to me, it's like, I don't want to get that guy injured. And I know it's probably to pad stats and, and stuff like that. And to yeah. show more dominance to the committee, but I mean, I don't. I don't like backup quarterbacks play as much, but yeah. I mean, 
there, you know, there's always going to be that drop off unless you got a young up and coming guy like you had Justin Fields and then you go to CJ Stroud. But we didn't know what CJ Stroud was going to be until he started playing. Okay, Dion Pryor says McCord is a giant upgrade to what we have had. Can't wait to see him at Nebraska for spring ball. Uh, that's it. Sounds like this is a done deal, you know. When people are talking like that, so do you think it is? Uh, all indications. What what I'm what I'm seeing. It looks like he's going to be the guy. Um, it doesn't sound like. I think um, one of the Husker sites. Um, well, someone said that, uh, and, and they made a good point. McCord, I think he committed to Ohio State as a sophomore in high school. And so he didn't really go through the true recruiting process. And so it sounds like he's kind of um, kind of getting that experience. And so I think maybe that's why he's it having has fun it. with it. Yeah. And, and I mean, I don't blame him. I, I can only yeah. imagine being a highly coveted uh prospect and having people swoon all over you i mean usually i'm having to do the swooning um but <laughs> I, I can't imagine you know just the you know we, we see that with re recruits they take all five visits because you want to be pampered and, and told how much you're how awesome you are so if he didn't really get that and we, i think that's what happened when the portal first opened after the, the whole uh pandemic and that is a lot of those guys didn't get to go through that true recruiting process and they're like hey let me get wined and dined and and so maybe that's why mccord hasn't pulled the trigger yet but um i think all indications at this point i'd be surprised if he's not nebraska's quarterback next year okay vince watson asks why would purdy stay you're this well, is for you the quarterback whisper of coordination <laughs> well i think at this at this point I think Purdy, Purdy to be a starter in college football would have to take a step down. So he'd either have to go to the group group of five or group of six, whatever it is now, group of four. Um, he'd have to either go there or maybe even the FCS level. And maybe he's just, you know, maybe he just likes it here. And, and you know, we've seen over the course of the last two years, he's actually got to come in and play. And so – who knows? Maybe he decides to leave because once again, I'm not, you know, Kyle McCord's going to be the starter uh, or whoever they bring in. Um, if it's not McCord, maybe if, it, if it's a Sam Levitt, I think Purdy stays and competes with him. Um, but maybe, like I said, maybe he likes it. Maybe he's like, he understands his situation and says, you know what? I, this is the best place for me. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if he left. Um, but like I said, I think he'd have to take a drop down and maybe he just doesn't want to. Morell of the story says McCord will coach Satterfield as far as quarterbacks go. This is a point of discussion with people about hiring a quarterbacks coach or getting somebody different to coach the quarterbacks and that it shouldn't be Satterfield and yada, yada. Uh, what do you think is going to happen in that situation with the quarterback coaching? Or what should, What would you like to see? How's that for an easier, a little bit easier? I'll ease you into that subject. I've been I've been very cautious to, to criticize Satterfield, uh, just because to me I, I like. It's easy to blame offensive coordinators when you don't like it. I do it with my favorite NFL team, and 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 I, I I've been willing to do that. But when I look at Nebraska's situation. 
I, I also am fully aware that Matt Rule has his – he doesn't have his fingers or his hands and his whole body's in on this offense. He, he's, he's practically the co-offensive coordinator. And so as much as we want to criticize Satterfield for play calling and, and offensive design, Matt Rule's is equally a part of that as well. So I, we also the, – the limitations that I think our quarterback play had last year – and having t- younger receivers, there was, you know, there's only so much you could do. I think our offense is a lot more basic than it could be. And so Satterfield's not a natural quarterback guy. Um, there was talk when he got hired that he was going to be the tight ends coach. Right. And they were going to have someone else be the quarterback's coach. I'm a big fan of having a guy that is a quarterback or a quarterback teacher as your coach. We saw We saw it with Iowa. I think one of the biggest problems that Iowa had with Brian Ferentz as being their offensive coordinator is he was also their quarterbacks coach. I mean, he's a guy, offensive line guy. I mean, you look at Michigan, Sharon Moore's their offensive coordinator, but he's also their offensive line coach, and they have a separate quarterbacks coach. So I think with Satterfield, I think he, you know, I don't think he's completely tied to the quarterback position. So it wouldn't shock me if they brought in somebody. Um, as as it's been reported out there, I don't think that move's going to be made till after signing day. So um, I don't think anyone expecting a quick move is, is going to happen. Maybe they go get someone from the NFL. But I think kind of to circle back, using my NFL draft experience and covering the NFL, the quarterbacks, the rookie quarterbacks that come in, the ones that have the most success – are the ones that have good situations. I mean, we were looking at Bryce Young in, in Carolina. They didn't really have a plan around him. They had, I think they had like a running back as, you know, as an offensive coordinator. Right. Um, and, and you see that too. I remember uh, Carson, I know it's tough because Carson Wentz is kind of practically out of the league now, but when Carson Wentz came into to Philadelphia, he was the number two pick. Jared Goff was the number one pick to the, the Rams. Carson Wentz had um, Doug Peterson, who was a former NFL quarterback, um, as his head coach. They had um, their offensive coordinator was a former quarterback, was Frank Reich, and then their 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 quarterbacks coach was was Lafleur. So they had three quarterbacks working on that offense with him. Whereas Jared Goff had Jeff Fisher, who was a defensive coordinator. Their t- their offensive coordinator was Aaron Cromer, who was an offensive line coach. And so it's just it you see that all all throughout the league. You look at the rookie quarterbacks that come in, they have those people around them that can teach them the quarterback position. So circling back long way around it, I think getting a quarterback coach in could really help, you know, the development of Danny Keyline, the the aid of Kyle McCord, and then just let Satterfield worry about the play designs and what what plays would benefit this team. Okay, Matt Snovak says, I think Harburg will leave after the spring game. Comments on that? I think that kind of goes with what we said about Chubba, what I said about Chubba Purdy. I mean, where is he going to go? If he wants to play quarterback, I think he's going to drop down. He's a Nebraska kid who's loved this program. Um, I think he... I think a lot of these players, I think they kind of understand. I think Harburg understands the situation. Um, he knows that he's he's 
got some limitations. He's got time to work on. I think the coaches like him a lot. Um, I think his teammates like him. He's he's him and him and Fedoni seem to be you know really good friends. Um, maybe they move. I don't think they move him to a different position. But you know, some guys. You know, not everybody wants to go and leave. I mean, we see the portal. Right. All these guys transferring. Not that's not for everybody. And a guy who you know. And, and the NFL is not the end game for a lot of these guys as well. And so maybe he does leave once again, wouldn't shock me, but I also see him as a guy that's like, I love this program. I want to be a part of it. I want to help us out. Maybe I'll get a shot again. Maybe I can improve and, and get that opportunity. Um, maybe he just wants to help the program get back to where it needs to be. And he does that from behind the scenes. You know, Milt Teniper's book, I think, is the one where I'm going to take this quote from. And he said, you know, it was important that everybody understood their place on the team. And the place of the scout team people was to help the team prepare for the week's opponent. And if if Heinrich Harburg, you know, we all talk about where is he going to fit. Well, he's going to fit at the place where we're going to face a running quarterback every week, I think, with, you know, running whatever plays the opponent would be. And people kind of probably go, well, that's, you know, you're not a starter. That's not that big a deal. Okay, well, I think Milt Tenniper's teams were pretty successful. And you were still part of an extremely successful program. So I wouldn't discount that much. Uh, that's where I, I guess that's my take on on Heinrich Harburg and him. He is a, I mean, he's a Nebraska guy. I mean, he's yeah. largely ignored by the previous staff to the point that Mark mm-hmm. Whipple wouldn't even let him participate in the quarterback room meeting. So, and he still stayed. So yeah. that's a guy, a Nebraska guy. So, yeah, I guess I'd be shocked if he left. But well, uh, and he, you know, and like he's you said, a, anything can happen. And he's a guy to me. You know, I don't know him. I've never talked to him. You see what you see on on practice and the clips and and game interviews. He seems like a guy that just, like I said, wants to help this program. He's an athlete. Um, you know, he, like you said, maybe he continues to get better and maybe he's, you know, you've seen, we've seen this across the nation where a guy plays struggles and then puts in the work and maybe gets another chance and improves. And, you know, maybe, maybe Nebraska finds a role with him. Maybe they kind of use him as a little bit of like a gadget player and, and they put him in on, short yardage as you know to get let you know to run quarterback power because he's a big tough runner um i know i didn't like how he stopped at contact at times but maybe he's able to like hey this is my role maybe they kind of use him in that h-back role like jerry and bonner um does maybe they you know they they find some way to kind of allow him to contribute i mean heck (laughs) maybe he's on kickoff coverage next year um, he's got that straight line speed. So I, like I said, I'd, I'd be, I wouldn't be shocked that he left. It would surprise me if he did. And I think he's just going to try to find a way to help Nebraska at some place, um, somewhere on this team. Okay. Paul Dallin, because he does this says, hear me out. Andy Jackson, she's got more shoulder strength than anyone in the quarterback portal right now. Always with the volleyball stuff, Paul. You know, there is an incredible lineup of volleyball on TV later this afternoon and this evening. I mean, you look at the matchups and the teams, it's just amazing. That's my volleyball plug. And if you, I watched, uh, who was it, Tennessee drive Texas to five sets and then lose 16 to 14 in the final set. And, you know, I was uh, as upset as the Tennessee fans about that. Uh, Husker Chuck says, could Chubba start in the pack two? 
And the Pac-2 is going to play most of their games with the Mountain West next year, if I remember correctly. That just seems – it's so wild to me that the, the Mountain West is willing to do that because most of the Mountain West con, uh, TV deal comes up in like two years. And so the whole notion is that once that Mountain West deals up, the two remaining Pac-12 to the Pac-12 teams, the Pac-2, are going to swoop those teams up. So it's like, why, why would the Mountain West be like, oh, yeah, we'll schedule with you for these next couple of years so you can take all of our teams? Um, but I don't know. I mean, like I said, I think Chubb is a guy that would, you know, if he drops down, um, could be a starter. You know, Oregon State and Washington are practically dropping down um, to the power the right. group of five levels. So they both need quarterbacks. DJ Ungalele um, is in the portal right now for Oregon State. Um, Cam Ward is in the portal for um, uh, Washington State. So, I mean, they're looking for quarterbacks as well. Maybe he can go out west and hang out with his brother more. This was a, a bit – well, I had a, I, I had a went back and forth this morning on Twitter about this. You know, Somebody suggested that we shouldn't get quarterbacks. We should pay more money to get offensive linemen. And Matt Snowback comes in with a question, who are we going to get to protect McCord, though, LOL? What do you think of that? I mean, I thought our – and maybe I'm in the minority. I thought our offensive line got better. I mean – When's the last time, and maybe I just haven't paid attention to this, when's the last time someone's called for Raiola to be fired? I mean, he was easily like, oh, we got to get rid of him. The only reason why he's here is because his his nephew. I haven't heard his name mentioned in like I've, – I've, yeah. I've seen a few comments on Facebook or, you know, but Facebook is always salty. It's yeah. like full of the angriest, you know, <laughs> angriest people in the world. But yeah, you're right. And plus, Rayola pulled in Grant Bricks as a as yeah. a recruit. So well, I think Teddy Prohaska, once he came in for for Cochran, I thought he played pretty well. I mean, he came in early in the season and it looked rough. But I think once he kind of got his feet under him, got used to being out there, I thought he played pretty well. I mean, Bryce Benhart was everyone's whipping boy for how long, and he ended up being Nebraska's probably their best offensive line lineman last year. Ben Scott's coming back. Um, you know, you've got guys inside that have got experience. And I, I think slowly but surely the offensive line is is continuing to get better. So, yeah, it'd be nice yeah. to go out and get those guys. But we saw last year there wasn't like A.J. Cornelius was a guy from Rhode Island that Nebraska was hard after. He goes to Oregon. Um, Walter Rouse from Stanford was, com- you know, committed to here out of the portal and then flipped to to Oklahoma. And I don't even know if he played for them really. Um, so getting those top a little, yeah, getting top offensive linemen in the portal is really tough. Usually those guys go straight to like, like Michigan got the guy from Arizona State that was really good. So that, that's really tough to get is those offensive linemen. Um, there's not a lot of them out there. That seems to be the one position you don't see a ton of guys transfer. Um, so I think they're set at center in the tackles. Um, you know, Ethan Piper, probably not going to play next year. Um, right. Nuri, I think, has exhausted his eligibility. Um, so you've got other guys that have got, you know, was it Justin Evans? Or who was yep. the guy that's – I, I, he, he had Justin times Evan played Jenkins. well. Yeah, at times he played well last year. So I think they'll be fine. Um, they got some recruits in. They got some guys that were freshmen this year that redshirted. I mean, Sam Sledge was on the two deep the entire season. Um, never saw any action. So 
the fact that he was the number two guy um, as a true freshman, they must be pretty excited about him. All right. Steve-O says, has anyone addressed that if we had a pseudo-dominant offensive line, we wouldn't need a world-beater quarterback? Is this too old school? What do you think of I don't that? Think, I don't think it is. I mean, as I mentioned, I think Rule wants to be Michigan. That's that's what he wants Nebraska to be, a, a team that's going to assert their dominance running the ball and then hit you with the passes when they need to. And I don't think we're going to be – running the ball 80% of the time, but I think they probably want a 50, 50 split and be a physical running a team that could kind of hit, hit play action, you know, spread you out every once in a while. I and mean, that's what Michigan is. I mean, we think Michigan, Blake Corum, um, just pound the ball, pound the ball, pound the ball. And other than that, that Penn state game, they still threw the ball, you know, 25, 30 times a game at, at points. So I don't think that's old school. I mean, it's not air raid, spread you out like we're seeing a lot of teams do but you still see especially in the in the big 10 a lot of teams have success doing that i think i think the answer to this question is how far do you want to go i mean do you want to be a college football playoff team do you want to be in the top four of the big 10 i think you have to maybe not a world beater quarterback but they better be one of the 10 best quarterbacks in the nation because the quarterback's position is just I think the biggest difference, and maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, is this. The best quarterbacks in the nation now, they move around in high school just like they do in college. Yeah. So they're going to like a Mater D in California. They're going to IMG Academy. Moscow. Uh, I'm trying to think. Yeah, places in Georgia. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's, you, know, you know what I mean? They are going to these schools yeah. that develop the top quarterbacks that go into the NCAA. So – those guys, when they come out of out of college, they're or out of high school, they're much more prepared to play in college than like, well, like a a guy that played at Carney Catholic, honestly, yeah. or maybe a guy that played at Omaha Bellevue West. Maybe that's a wrong uh, indication or a wrong direction with that, but they're much more advanced. And if you want to be at this upper level, you not only you can't just run the ball all the time. You have to have like a Marvin Harrison, maybe not that level, but a, a damn good receiving core along with a good running game. So, it did, you know, you got to have all the pieces to be in the top level of this stuff anymore. Yeah, I mean, the, the teams that are in the college football playoff, I mean, I think Ari Wasserman for the athletic has his, his stars matter thing, and there's like the blue chip ratio, I think 247 does that, where they talk about the teams that win the national titles have – a certain percentage of their team is these elite level players. And at this point in Nebraska, we just, they just need to get back to being not competitive because we've been competitive. We just lost the games. We need to get back to just being a, in essence of not a fear. Like, don't, we don't want, we want teams to say, Oh crap, Nebraska's next. They're right. going to, they're a good team. They're going to beat the crap out of us. Um, I mean, Think back what Wisconsin was un, like under Bielema and um, early Paul Chris. I think that's that's what Nebraska I think can get back to. And those teams they weren't contending for national titles every year, but they were a favorite to go to the Big Ten championship. They were going to win it every few years. They're going to potentially win it and then get, get into that discussion. And I think Nebraska can get there. Um, 
but we have to like that's why i loved rule when they hired him he's a developmental guy and that's what this program needs we don't have the the recruits in the area that the sheer numbers right. of them um it's harder to get them to come here than it used to be and and that can change as nebraska continues to, if they continue to move forward like i think they are we're never going to be get the the recruiting class that a georgia can but can we get to that top 10 i think they can under rule but his right. ability to take a guy that's a stud like look at jalen lloyd this year he's only a freshman and he was hardly recruited as as a high school kid and he came to nebraska because matt rule loves those track athletes and i saw a lot of potential and i'm super excited for jalen lloyd in the future and it's it's things like that 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 matt rule is really good at and that's why i was so excited when he was hired okay uh michigan versus the world <laughs> love the name love that you're here uh, it says mccord is going to come in with a fire and chase a heisman Ohio fans are idiots for running him off and harassing him. I, I, I will say, you guys, Michigan versus the world in the Ohio State, my God, you took that rivalry to a, an entirely never level that beyond way I always thought it was insane. Now it's like insane cubed. So, <laughs> you know, thanks for the comment. Uh, I do, you know, the whole Ryan Day should be fired after losing to Michigan thing. I mean, my God. And I... That's that's a little nuts. The funny thing uh, is, is is my wife loves football. She doesn't follow it. She likes watching it. She she knows stuff, but she doesn't follow it. She didn't go and read articles and and obsess like the rest of us do. Uh, and so after that game, I I told her I said, "Gosh, Ohio State fans are going to want to fire their coach." And she's like, "Well, why?" What? And I said, "Well, he's only lost like seven games over the course of like six years, and he's only lost like in playoffs and to Michigan." And she looked at yeah. me, she's like, why would you fire that person? And it's like, well, because he's not beating their rival. So um, it, it's it's We're insane. I But Michigan, I, I work with a Michigan fan, and I kept telling him, I said, your team's going to be a lot different next year. Even if Harbaugh comes back, you lot, you're losing a lot. And yeah. I think um, – Ryan Day, if they if they get this quarterback, if they get a Cam Ward or somebody else, um, I mean Ryan Day is a good offensive mind, and they're going to continue to have elite talent. And all it takes is next year them to catch them, and it's not like they're getting blown out either. It's close games, um, so. Okay, Michigan versus the world again says you can win nine or ten. 10 games with a Deacon Hill. It's a steep climb after that. And again, this goes back to what I said earlier. Where do you want to go? Where do you want to be? I, you know, I don't think Nebraska is going to make a leap, you know, in a single year where Kyle McCord wins a Heisman. That'd be nice. But, you know, that's where do you want to be as we go on through this process, hopefully of climbing back up into the upper echelon of college football. Lewis Papp says, Dylan Gabriel committed to Oregon. That was another guy I was shocked that left. I mean, he, he played at Oklahoma. Oklahoma had a pretty decent season. Yeah, his offensive coordinator left, though. Um, oh, okay. Jeff Levy went to Mississippi State, and Levy right. was at Central Florida with um, Dylan Gabriel initially, so he's kind of followed him around. I thought, the, I thought Gabriel would probably go to 
to Mississippi State to follow him, but I think he wanted to kind of maybe contend for a playoff. And Oregon, I think Oregon fits him pretty well. So I'm not a huge Dylan Gabriel fan, um, but that's kind of me as the NFL draft prospect guy. I mean, I, if Dylan Gabriel came to Nebraska, I'd be doing backflips. Okay. Alexander Daloff says, I was up in Minneapolis for a game. Do you ever meet fans? You know, I thought about, he was talking about the basketball game here recently that was a, you know, honestly a huge disappointment to lose. Uh, I thought about going to that game. But to be honest, to be completely blunt, right now I'm dealing with issues with my eyes because it's always something with me and I can't focus properly. And if I go out at night, I, I turn into, it's miserable. It's been pretty miserable. Work, I'm working on that to fix it. Do you ever meet fans? You know what? I plan on getting to Lincoln for the spring game or and probably a baseball series also. And we I would like to plan some kind of meetup or some kind of thing. Brian might even be there. You know, we have a bunch of other coronation people there. We'll get the whole coronation gang gang together and I don't know, commit crimes or something. Yeah. That's <laughs> I it. almost met you <laughs> I, I almost met you in person last year for the spring game. I was, you were standing off at the, the statue by East Stadium, and I was about to go say hi to you, but my, my daughters wanted Chick fil A. So we got in the line, and I like, we get done, I turn, and I think you and Tom were had just left. And I was like, oh, there was my chance. <laughs> well, we still, we'll hey, see what we can do this year. Dang Chick fil A. Okay. <laughs> we're going to go, uh, let's see. We'll, well, well, John, John. Christophic says, do we have a chance of landing Kyle McCord? And I, you know, I, that, I think that's a valid question because I looked at that and went, why in the hell would he want to come to Nebraska? But I think the thing is, is, you know, we're, we have been beat up for years and we we're, have a very negative attitude toward our program. And I think the fact that Kyle McCord is, and some of these quarterbacks are even talking to Nebraska, it's not just about money. You're not going to go to a place where you're going to fail just to get paid because you can go someplace where you're not going to fail and get paid a lot. You know what I mean? It's going to be a much more enjoyable experience. So do we have a chance? I think it's pretty obvious that we're, since we're talking to all these guys and they're listening to us. Yeah. And and it sounds like it's becoming more reality all the time. Well, what do you think of that? And take a a couple of things. As you mentioned, money's not money's going to be the driving factor for some players. Um, the athletic did an anonymous survey, I think with the, the recruits that were at the army all American game or that the under armor all American game. And they asked them to kind of rank, like what led them to pick the school that they're picking. And NIL was like fourth or fifth for a lot of them. So we may want to say, Oh, they're just going to the highest bidder. A lot of these guys, like you said, still want to go to a place that they're going to be able to, to win, have a chance to play, um, move on to the, to the next level. I mean, and, and like you said with Nebraska, Nebraska, we, we beat ourselves up. We're, we're our worst critics. But just look at the situation. you got Matt Rule as your head coach, who's a proven winner, a proven right. program builder. Nebraska went 5-7 and seven this year with, with how many games that you should have said with better quarterback play they would have won. You look at our weapons. I mean, Thomas Fedoni played well last year. Is healthy. What's he going to look like next year when he has another year of, of you know, yeah. he's has he ever had a true full off season? So I think he's only going to get better. Um, our, we got Carter, Carter Nelson coming, coming in. in. We got a couple other guys that are coming in. Uh, Malachi Coleman 
was showed yeah. a lot of promise as a freshman. I mentioned Jalen Lloyd. Um, they're getting, you know, Doss. they got all these other guys, but Doss is going to be back. They're, they're raving about one of their other freshman receivers. You potentially could get Julian Fleming to come in. The offensive line's improved. They can, you know, we've got some backs that are, that are, I, I like. I mean, so there's in all reality, I mean, is it Marvin Harrison? Is it, is it Keon Coleman? Is it Malik Neighbors level receivers? No, but there's a lot of talent in there. I mean, Malachi Coleman's six foot four, six foot five, and is a legit track athlete. I mean, yeah, you don't get a lot of those guys aren't just walking up and down the street, <laughs> right? You're doing this. You're doing this thing. It's freaking December. Now I'm like, when's football season going to be again? And I'm always, I'm the always. We're going to win the off season again. And then, you know, I'm going to be like, God, please. To be, to be fair, Nebraska could sign you and me to their football team. And somehow people would spin it to us winning the, uh, the big 10. So there's always that too. Okay. (laughs) That's true. Oh my God. I'm getting too many texts and phone calls. Um, okay. Let's just take a few more con, uh, comments and then we're going to be done. Uh, Brett says, I hope Emmett Johnson doesn't enter the transfer portal because I think he's going to be really good. He did, uh, he, you know, he did uh, tweet out a little bit after the season was over for Nebraska that he was kind of a tweet that indicated he was looking forward to next year. So I don't, you know, don't know why he would leave. Uh, Vince Watson says, embrace the Kool-Aid, John. Oh, my God. Uh, Michigan versus the world is every team is undefeated again in the offseason. It's not even the offseason for uh, you guys. I mean, all these quarter – the thing that I guess is surprise for – the biggest surprise for some of these teams and some of these quarterbacks is – I'm in the transfer portal, and they, they're leaving before their bowl games are playing. And, I mean, Ohio State is not playing in a slouchy bowl game, you know, and, and Oklahoma is not – you know what I mean? They're playing in fairly decent – is this a sign that the bowls should just go away now and we're going to have a playoff, or what do you think? Well, this may open up a can of worms. I, <laughs> My opinion um, – I hate that the college football playoff uses the bulls. Like, who yeah. cares? Who cares that the orange? I mean, personally, I think, especially next year with the twelve team playoff, I think the first two rounds should be home sites. I think the first round yeah. is, then give those teams that have the buy, give them a home game. I mean, I'd love Michigan's the number one seed. Let's say Ole Miss wins and plays them. How awesome would it be for Mississippi? to go to Ann Arbor, Michigan in yeah. January and play a game. Yeah. And I think it negates a lot of the stuff. I mean, Big 10 teams in November, um, late October, early November, they they have to play in the elements and that kind of shapes how they have to build their team. Why do we take right. that disadvantage away? I, and then maybe the final four you go and you I I like how they the championship game, it's just a game. They they have sites towns uh bid on it. Do that for the final four. Have those final four yeah. teams um, bid, and it could be at the at the Orange Bowl at, in Miami, but it's not the Orange Bowl. And then I, I'm like for the rest of the teams, I don't care that. In all reality, I don't care that guys don't 
go and play in those games. Like if Nebraska played in a bowl game and someone decided not to play in it, I, I don't like we saw that with with Corcoran or not Tor, uh, Brendan Hymas when he played that yes. extra game during the pandemic. He he said I'm going to sit out. I think JoJo did the same thing. I didn't have a problem with that. It's like they make that that's their bodies. They've got their right. their future, to, you know. And then that lets another young guy get an opportunity to play and kind of get primed for next year. So I also don't put a lot of stock in bowl games. So if a team wins a bowl game, I'm not like, oh my gosh, they're so awesome. Same thing if they lose, you know, if they just look like crap. But to me, it's just, to me, it's it's a reward for the players for the season. And it's just an opportunity to watch more football. And I think if, I think if we look at it outside of the, outside of the playoff, if you look at it like that, just enjoy the football. You know, who cares if a player yeah. sits out? Just enjoy watching football because in February after the Super Bowl, everyone's just clamoring for for more football. And it's like we had all this football here that everyone just sat there and complained about. Enjoy it for what it is. <laughs> right. Mike Corgan says there needs to be seated home games too expensive for fans to travel each yes. week. That's the key to this. I hope next year when we get into this 12-game playoff, everybody starts screaming about that because, you know, if you're a team that's like, I don't know, let's say a USC, and maybe you don't even hardly have to travel. So, and then none of your fans are going to show up because you don't really have that many fans that go to games anyway. But you know what I mean? This should be a huge issue, I I hope. I agree with that 100%. I mean, you think about it. Let's say Nebraska goes to the Big Ten championship game. I mean, those tickets aren't cheap. You're dry, you're flying right. into to Indianapolis. Well, then they win and they go to the the fourteen playoff. Well, then it's like, well, you want to go and watch them in that first round game. So you're going to New Orleans or or Miami or or wherever, and then they win again. I mean, this is all pipe dreams right here. That's that's three games. That's a lot to ask for for a, a big fan uh, for a fan base to go to. And so that's yeah. why you see some of you see some of these fan bases. Maybe they don't show up to the as well to the the championship their conference championship game because they're like, oh, we're going to go to the playoff. I'm going to spend my money on that, and and maybe I just don't have all that walking around cash that I. It's a big deal to me, but yeah. Michigan versus the world, and I, again with another comment, we all know what. We all know most of the college football home games will be at the SEC locations. Total screw job coming. You know, I'm going to agree with that that because uh, for years I watched Nebraska go down to bowl games in the South and just get screwed over by officials that, uh, you, well, you're not old. I mean, for God's sakes, they called Dave Remington for offsides against LSU. Who does that in a, in a game? You call the center offsides. They did that once. And it did, yeah, that whole thing, I just thought, I, every time I watch this go to the South to play a game, it's like, what the hell is going to happen this time? All right, this is going to be our last comment. I always know that. I say that, and we go for like five more. But it's from Minnie. And Minnie, I, we need to get together sometime. You need to uh, – I got your email. We'll, we'll talk. Brian, are you planning on doing a video when we can get a QB, a quarterback? Always like your information. Yeah, I got uh, I got the stuff. I watched McCord broke him down. Um, I just need to have time. Life's, <laughs> life's been pretty hectic this week, so um, 
I, uh, I, I got all his tape broken down. I got the clips set aside. So I just need to organize them and put out a video. I'm probably going to try to get that out. We'll see. Um, um, hopefully by the end of this weekend, um, I'd like to get it out before he commits, but, um, I got it all ready. I just need to kind of organize it. I have same thing with Sam Levitt. Um, I might put one out if, if I get to that before anybody commits, I'll probably put a Levitt one out. Um, and we'll just kind of see regardless of who Nebraska gets at quarterback, I'll have some type of video out there to kind of breaking them down. I like to do that just to show fans. It's one thing to be able to go out and go to YouTube and say, Hey, Ohio state versus this team. And then you just watch the offense, which is a good thing to do. Um, but I like to be able to try and break it down and say, okay, here's what I'm seeing. Kyle McCord throws with a lot of anticipation. Here's some examples of that. Hey, he can, he's not, not the most mobile quarterback, but look how he kind of moves it in the pocket. So that gives um, people a chance to kind of maybe see the things that maybe you don't quite catch if you're just sitting back and watching a game. All right. You know what? I We're coming up on an hour. I'd usually try to keep these to an hour because, oh my God, Greg makes me go for way too long when we're doing the five heart on Thursday night. And it just, it's, it, I don't want to say it's torture because, you know, I do enjoy these things, but wow. An hour is about good. All right. I, I screwed this up. John, will you be doing a reaction to Husker Volleyball? Hopefully in a very good positive manner. Yes. Uh, let's say uh, Lewis Papp says, come on, people, click that like button. Please do that. And I think that's going to be it. And I don't really have an outro other than to say, you know what? Thank you. Thank you all for the support on the channel. Thank you for supporting Corn Nation. And uh, Brian, do you have anything you need to plug? Uh, I, I haven't put it out there as much as I, I have been, but like I said, those videos should be coming out. So the YouTube channel draft underscore Brian, as it shows up on the screen, um, if you search that, make sure you give it a subscribe, watch the, each of my videos a hundred times. Um, that'd be awesome. Um, but other than that, I think that's where to go. I, I'll try to do uh, some more portal updates as more information comes for the quarterbacks. Um, last one I did was on the six, I think it was Wednesday, which has had a lot of information just hasn't come out yet. So, um, if some if more information does come out, I'll probably update that. Otherwise, just be on the lookout for those videos. I'll probably post them in an article on, at Coronation. So, um, so if you're following there, subscribe too. Yeah, there you go. All right, goodbye, Brian. Goodbye. <laughs>